Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. GDP beat estimates. Steady recovery. There will not be any negotiations over the debt ceiling. I have news for him. He absolutely will negotiate. These guys are fiscally demented, I think. Classified documents. You don't have an ability to remove those documents. I think they ought to treat everybody the same. Big things could be happening. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Thursday. The Carolina Journal is reporting a new court date has been set for North Carolina State Auditor Beth Wood. Her uh, first court date was today. She didn't show up. Her attorney did, Roger Smith of the Therrington Smith Law Firm. And uh, he told the magistrate that Wood has waived a reading of her charges against her. The magistrate set a new hearing date of March the 23rd at 2 p.m. The accident occurred back on December the 8th. So. Pro- probably a good idea not to bring any more attention to it than what's already been uh, brought across the state. And as you said yesterday, hit the national news uh, yesterday, yeah. I think. So, so uh, if she thinks it's just going to sort of disappear between now and March the 23rd, I don't think so. I think there'll be just as many people following it on the 23rd, but uh, we'll see. Uh, it's happened once again. People probably think I'm a conspiracy theorist, but there's something to this. Former Detroit Lions linebacker Jesse Lamarne, who last played in the league in January 2022, has died 25 years old. Um, we don't know what the cause of death is yet. Uh, he played for the Chargers. He played for the Lions. Uh, both teams released a statement of how sad it was. He's gone too soon. Our hearts are with Jesse's family and friends. Please be in prayer. And um, that's it. But a 25-year-old athlete. And maybe it has nothing to do with all these other young people dying or premature deaths, but happened once again. Yeah, I heard a sports reporter of one day last week. I don't remember if it was Jason Whitlock or – and well, Jason's more than a sports reporter, obviously now. But uh, you know, he talked. I think it was him talked about. You know, he'd covered covered sports for you know thirty plus years, and he never recalls the number of athletes around the world. I mean, you're hearing yep. you know guys yep. overseas, soccer players or whatever, um, just unexpected, uh, untimely deaths at a young age, and just makes you wonder. Would you not think though that there would be a, some, you know, major CDC type of investigation? And so, look, this this is more than just anecdotal. I mean, this is this is something that's there's a pattern here. Are we not going to look into it a little bit deeper? I think CDC's busy hiding memos and emails and things like that for what's gone on for the last three years. I, you know, <laughs> they're dancing as fast I don't as they trust can. Them. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. Remember that guy that uh, up in New York uh, rented a truck and decided to uh, go on a little bike pathway and killed a bunch of people? Well, he was uh, found guilty today of all 28 counts. Sevolo Sepov, the man who killed eight people as he sped down the bike path in a rental truck along the Hudson River. Yeah, a rental uh, truck. Yeah, uh, he, uh, 34 years old, he could face the death penalty. Now he he was uh, if I recall wasn't he uh, you know talking some 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 jihad language and oh all yeah that sort oh of yeah. Stuff? yeah I mean th- it is it is definitely related to uh, uh, terrorism and I think there were, part of the charges were terrorist charges. Um, he uh, Talo Akbar I think he was hollowed. yes yes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, he he uh, came to the United States in 2010 for Uzbekistan and uh, turned the bike field into his battlefield on the behalf of ISIS. So, yeah, very much so. Uh, so let's hope they allow um, Sapoff to uh, have an encounter, be introduced to old Sparky. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and that was New York. What part of New York? Uh, right there in Manhattan, I Oh, believe. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it happened in 2017, so it's taken five years for this guy to be found guilty. Uh, you know, the, the sad thing is, even if he is uh, destined to meet Sparky, that'll take another five years. Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, North Carolina, we, we quote, have the death penalty. We just don't uh, – we just Rarely have an used. eternal death row, and well. they never do it. But uh. PJ Media is reporting – you know how Joe Biden and all the Biden allies have said the big difference between the documents found on Joe Biden at the Penn Center in his home and who knows where else they are in his Corvette. The big difference between he and Donald Trump was Joe Biden was cooperative. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never believed that from the get go, because quite frankly, I thought uh, Donald Trump was cooperative. I think there finally came a time when he f- probably felt like enough is enough. We've let the FBI, we've let the, uh, you know, the National Archives we've been in contact with them. They came in, they inspected the safe. They told us to put another lock on it. We put another lock on it. They knew exactly what was going on down here. And yet it was, as Trump would say, a witch hunt. But the, the defenders of Joe Biden have constantly said the difference between it, the two is Joe Biden was cooperative Donald Trump was not. Uh, there's a story out now that uh, that was all a lie, according to a new CNN, not exactly a conservative outlet, a new report from CNN, Biden wasn't originally willing to consent to have the Justice Department search his home and only agreed to do it after the Justice Department indicated it would seek a warrant if necessary. Biden's team stresses that it was cooperating in the lead up to Friday's search and even expressed an eagerness for the search to happen as quickly as possible to move the investigation along and try to put the matter behind them. CNN reports, quote, for its part, the Justice Department had decided it would conduct the latest search and any subsequent searches after the Biden's team handed earlier searches themselves federal investigators were also prepared to seek a warrant if they did not get consent to search the wilmington property according to multiple sources you know that's the other thing had the justice department um and the national archives called up trump's lawyers and said hey would you mind looking would you mind going in and just looking we'll we'll trust you to go look and and give us a positive report back uh they never had that opportunity no, and it, and it's my it's my theory that you know when when all this evidence comes out, you know lawyers, especially high pay, paid lawyers and good lawyers, I mean they document and they don't they don't do things by phone calls that that they don't follow up in a letter, you know memorializing the conversation. So I bet there's all sorts of evidence that his crew was cooperating. And I ask you that, you the know, Trump they, crew, the Trump crew, and they make this big deal about it, about Trump, you know, sent in the FBI, thought they were, you know, having a drug raid or something. Of them. If there was if there was any there there, do you think we wouldn't have heard it by now? No. I, I, I'm, I'm not buying any of this stuff. No, no. Oh, it was it was obviously contrived. It was contrived. And, and in a Biden situation now on Biden situation. It was contrived, but who contrived it? <laughs> Think about where, where they're finding these documents. It's got to be someone that either family or in his very close circle 
that that I mean, well, how else would they know that he's got stuff in his garage or his office uh, in his house in Delaware without someone close, either a family member or someone in his close circle? Because here's the deal: <laughs> these people that even in his close circle politically, uh, you know, they know that they don't want the music to stop, and they don't have a freaking job. Oh, yeah. know, they're yeah. looking for the next yeah. campaign, the next yep. appoint, appointment to something, the next uh, ambassadorship appointment for by the next president or whatever. I, I think someone in, in his inner circle turned them in, honestly. Speaking of politics and uh, Cousin Eddie, Real Clear Politics came out with a new Democrat primary poll. These guys are in trouble, is all I can say. I mean, listen to the names. Now, again, okay, we're, although, you know, we're actually going to see things begin to spin up in just a few months on the primary front. I mean, you'll see, you'll see people out campaigning, seriously campaigning, you know, probably starting uh, this summer. But uh, this real clear politics reporting a poll from the 2024 University of New Hampshire, um, uni- uh, that university did a poll on the New Hampshire. And of course, New Hampshire is one of the first states in their polling uh, this was just, uh, you said yesterday, what matters is state by state. The reason why New Hampshire is significant is because it's an early state. Who wins the early state, it will, you know, it's sort of a domino effect. It affects the, the, uh, the primaries down the road. But uh, according to this poll, Pete Buttigieg is out in front with 23% of the vote, Biden at 18%, the Indian princess Elizabeth Warren at 18%, crazy Sanders uh, at fifteen percent, I mean, this is who they want. This is who they're going to run: Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Ocasio Cortez at six percent. Klobuchar. And many people say, out of all those names, the only person, and I'm not a Klobuchar fan, but she she's the only individual of all these names that are that would be halfway. You know, that doesn't seem like a, a nut. 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 Go ahead and say it. <laughs> You can say pragmatic, or you can say she doesn't seem like a nut. <laughs> Harris at 2%, Newsom at 1%. That sort of surprised me. And Warnock at 1%. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me about Newsom being so low in New Hampshire. But l- let's face it, the only thing that New Hampshire matters in, in presidential politics is the fact that it's first. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, you know, but it does it because it's first, it does have a domino effect. It There's, has yeah. a domino effect, but I can think in my lifetime, an awful lot of people that got, oh yeah, got, oh, yeah. got the big bounce oh, yeah. that never occurred by winning yeah. New Hampshire. And, and that was all they ever Well, in won. fact, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bill Clinton did terrible in New Hampshire. Oh, he did. The first time out. Yeah. Cause that was back when there was a bimbo behind every tree. <laughs> which there still is apparently but that I, I can remember reading those headlines back uh, when he was running that primary all i know is the most interesting job in the 70s and 80s was probably an arkansas highway patrolman <laughs> yep um speaking of politics and who's running who's not adam schiff has announced that he will run for feinstein's senate seat uh he's not the only one katie porter Democrat in California. All of a sudden, she just sort of came from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she's the heavy set gal, very progressive. Um, I, I know. Is that a chauvinist thing I just said? Probably. Yeah, sort of, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a Democrat. Hey, Who cares? You, you owned it, so go ahead. 
uh, she is uh, said she's going to run. But I mean, I've never heard of her before, like two weeks ago, and now all of a sudden she's. When that happens, you, you've got to wonder: is there somebody behind the person that's really all of a sudden? You know, the, are the Democrats saying, "Oh, you know, this this is a good progressive. Let's let's uh, shine the spotlight on her because all of a sudden she's in the news all the time." Uh, she said she's going to run, and uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee says she intends to run. Um, but Adam Schiff is uh, throwing well, his hat into the ring. Uh, you know, it probably will boil down to um, you know where the big money, Democrat money, goes to, and you know they'll hey, t- t- you know TV and internet and everything else sells, and uh, you know those early stages, wherever the big money goes to, that candidate goes out in front, regardless of who who gets who it is. Really, you know, if I were to look up the word loser in the Webster Dictionary, I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Schiff's na- uh, picture is next to that. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, would really even the Democrats get behind this guy? That just seems hard to fathom. Well, if they got a heartbeat and 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 cognitive Can ability, fog a mirror. Cognitive <laughs> abilities, you know, <laughs> does not count. But if they have a heartbeat and they have Marxist principles and Californication elect anybody and, and by the way uh <laughs> while we're on politics uh, florida republican senator rick scott says he's running for re-election and he's not running for the presidency and i think that's a wise choice by rick we're gonna take a time out stay with us we'll be right back Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. Uh, Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. Tonight, uh, mostly clear, low around 30. Tomorrow, sunny skies, a high around 50. Tomorrow night, clear with low 29. Saturday, warms up to almost 60 degrees with sunshine. So all in all, the first part of the weekend looks pretty good. Uh, Sunday, 62 and uh, partly cloudy skies. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Have you heard the news? Ironwood Golf and Country Club was voted best golf course in Greenville for the fourth year in a row. They boast an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, members-only full-service dining areas with monthly social events, a competition-sized swimming swimming pool, Clay Tennis Courts, making Ironwood the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. Uh, if you'd like to join, call Jenna Doyle, 252-752-4653 to learn more. Remember, too, Ironwood is a part of the Renaissance Golf Group, so when you join Ironwood, you're essentially a member of the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, Compass Point Golf Club, and Magnolia Greens located outside of Wilmington. Again, that number, 252-752-4653. You will not be disappointed. So, um, yesterday, we were referring to the story that appeared in the Carolina Journal, written by Caroline Peacock. She is a journalism major at High Point University. We talked about this story yesterday. Uh, A great article, she pointed out the fact that there was a... Once again, I mean, how many times have we seen this where conservatives try to hold an event on a college campus and some reason comes up that it has to be bumped. Well, that happened to the High Point University College Republicans and uh, we're gonna talk today, do a follow-up show. Haley Hill is the president of the High Point University College Republicans. Mary Sozaby is the vice president of the High Point University College Republicans. And Caroline Peacock, again, is a member of the High Point College Republicans. She's also the author of that article referred to. Uh, the, the event was going to be the screening of a film, a Daily Wire film, entitled 
the greatest lie ever sold, George Floyd and the rise of BLM. Uh, these ladies are with us right now. Ladies, thanks for joining us. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having us. Caroline, let me start with you. Um, since that article ran yesterday, have you gotten any response from the administration of High Point University? Um, yeah, so actually we just found out that another article ran today. Um, I did not write that one, but um, the university did respond. And um, so far they have said that they have contacted the FBI and that they're looking into these threats. The threats that were made to you that you referred to in the article, that there was a number of people that had, through social media, had threatened the members of the, uh, uni- I guess the, 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 the most of the threats come to uh, Haley and Mary as the officers? Yes. Of the- okay. And, and- yes, them. Go ahead. To them, and I would say like towards the club, but specifically towards them. Did the university have anything to say about the fact that they canceled the event? Was there any uh, was there any further explanation other than the original explanation, which you wrote in your article, saying that they didn't have the 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 proper credentials, they didn't have the proper license to show the film, which from your article sounded like that was a fabrication that that wasn't true. So this is Haley Hill talking now. Hey Haley. Um, so hi, <laughs> thank you for having us. Um, So the university has not directly reached out to us following the event. Um, Kayla Watson, the director of student engagement, says that the event was canceled due to administrative errors, which I will own up to and I did make. Um, But that administrative error was just submitting it on a platform for students to see the event, where it is, um, things like that. Um, I think what's really concerning is that the administration allowed for an event to continue with the diversity department and the Black Cultural Awareness Club um, the same evening, unsanctioned by the SGA, where they uh, got together, put together a slideshow, and just trashed on our organization and our party. Um, I don't think that's what the university wants to be representing, um, but that's, that's what they did. You know, Benny and I were talking yesterday when we were going over this article. It's It's been our impression that High Point University, uh, you know, I know it's a secular university, although it's got ties to the Methodist Church, but it, it's always come across to us as a, a fairly conservative institution, and we're a little surprised this happened at, the, at, at High Point University. Yeah, we are too, and that's what a lot of our members are saying, is that this is frustrating. Nito Quivain always says that, if you're going to kneel for the flag, don't come to this school. If you don't love your country, don't come for the school. And then this happens. And it's just, it's very confusing for everyone. And we have not heard from Nito directly. Um, he has not reached out to our organization. Um, and he has also not released a statement, which we think should, should be coming soon. Um, but again, we just, we don't know. We are having zero communication with the administration. Uh, this is Benny Hardy here. Uh, Caroline, Haley, and Mary, thank you for being on with us. And Caroline, this is really uh, this is really directed to all three of you. But but reading in your op-ed, which I thought was a great op-ed in um, Carolina Journal, actually it's the last paragraph. You say, as a Republican, I'm tired of my personal beliefs being trampled on in the classroom, in the community, in everyday life. This message is for any Republican student suffering from indoctrination and threats in the classroom. Do not be afraid to speak your mind. It is time that republicans have a voice 
uh, other than this instance here uh, with the university and the threats um, but because of this viewing of the film, what other things have you experienced in the classroom at High Point or, or from other students uh, or have you uh, before this before this time? Yeah, so um, this is Caroline speaking. Yeah, I've, uh, I think I've faced this majority of my life. Um, in high school, I faced it. Um, it was it was there. It was present in the classroom. It was kind of present in everyday life. I definitely hid that I was a Republican for a really long time. And when, you know, I went to High Point, when I chose High Point, I chose High Point because I felt that this was the place that I could speak my mind and that I wouldn't have to hide anymore. And so it definitely hurt to feel this way um, here. And, you know, my hope for the future is that students, specifically, you know, student Republicans, won't have to face this in the future. Are, did the threats come from, and, and, and again, you, I'm asking you to, you know, this is a judgment call, but did you feel like the threats came from other students at the university or do you feel like they came from off campus? Hi, so um, this is Mary speaking now. Um, a lot of the threats were from students at the university. Um, not only were there threats under the comments of um, the posts that we put out on social media for the event specifically, but our organization received uh, many, many messages from HPU students that were just um, just very unkind. Uh, some were threatening, but um, a lot of them were just uh, basically saying how we should feel ashamed of ourselves for hosting such an event and um, that's basically the gist of the messages sent toward us. But, um, yes, definitely some threatening statements made from HPU students. How strong is the High Point University College Republicans? I mean, when you have a meeting, is, is it uh, could you have it in a phone booth, or do you have a pretty good participation from students? So this is Haley again. Um, I am very, very proud of our College Republicans chapter. We have one of the largest and most active in the state. Um, it depends on the event and the day and the time, but we usually get between 10 to 50 people to an event. Um, it just depends all on the time, but everybody is active. Everybody engages. There's a group me that we have where we all talk. Um, there's about 150 individuals in that group me. Um, there's a lot of us. It's just, we're not quite as loud as the other side. And not as obnoxious, I'm sure. Um, how, <laughs> how, uh, in terms of, of the event, are you going to try to reschedule it? Um, we don't really know yet what the game plan is. Um, I know security has said that they are willing to come to our events and, you know, make sure that everyone is safe. Um, but one, that shouldn't even have to be something that needs to be discussed. Um, and then two, we just now we feel like we have to tiptoe around what kind of events we can actually host and what kind of events the school is going to allow. Well, listen, if you if you go ahead and host this <clears throat> film, uh, my hunch is it'll be a packed house. Now, some of the people that show up might be obnoxious, but in a sense, this is pretty good publicity for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was the second article that uh, uh, Caroline, you re referred to today that you said came out? Yeah, so the Daily Caller News Foundation um, wrote an article on us, and it was basically just um, 
a hard news article, like a, just a core what happened kind of thing. Um, and then they were able to contact High Point University and they were able to get a statement from them, which explained just, you know, roughly that they had, te- um, that they had contacted the FBI and that more would be to come, but that they were, you know, hoping to, you know, release some new principles and things that would hopefully keep us safe on campus. Are you ladies seniors this year or do you have more more years in front of you? I'm a senior and I believe uh, Mary and Caroline are both juniors. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you, you have a whole nother year to have some fun. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tom and I talk about all the time the things that we experience. Well, the university here and other universities across the state um, that that I hear from students and uh, and professors. I have some professors at various universities in North Carolina that reach out to me privately because you know they feel like you know they don't have a voice and 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 get shamed and that type of thing. Um, just just curious uh, at at high point how much do you guys in the classroom you know some of the terms of the day that you hear all these these groups talking about uh they're reading off the same sheet of music and they're talking about systemic racism and white privilege and whiteness do you guys experience any of that type of talk in any of your classes or or any anything at at high point i'm just curious um yeah so personally i really haven't experienced anything like that in the classroom here um, again, I'll just, I'm only speaking for myself, but I don't really think it's a common thing that we see here at High Point. Um, that's why this whole event unfolding the way it has, has really caught us off guard. Um, I've honestly felt that in my experience here, I can be open about my beliefs on anything, really, my political beliefs, without being uh, made to feel like I'm in the wrong. So that's another reason why uh we were really taken um taken back by this whole thing well ladies i would encourage you to keep doing what you're doing um as as benny just uh referred to you know one of the reasons why we do this program (laughs) we're not making boatloads of bucks by doing this program but we yeah, I've been doing it for 13 years now, and the main motivation is because we are we have a chance to be a voice for a lot of other people. And I want you ladies to know that you are a voice for a lot of people on campus, and uh, you are brave enough to speak up. Unfortunately, we have too many people that uh, would rather stand in the shadows and not have fingers pointed at them. I applaud you three for uh, for Absolutely. standing up and uh, and living out what you say you believe which is so important in this time and day and listen the people that are trying to shout you down if they if they do shout you down they have won and i would just encourage you don't let them win uh, if we had more um, people across campuses all across this state and this nation uh, we'd be in a whole lot better shape than we are no i totally agree and honestly i just hope that this encourages other people to speak out if they're being silenced by students, faculty, staff through like throughout the country, um, just because they are conservative or Republican or Democrats for that matter. Uh, it will. It will keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and you guys are, are are you know, I guess the twilight of your academic life, but your professional life will start pretty soon. And and 
and hey keep it up because yep. you know we we see all the time i have friends that are in in the corporate and institutional educational environment where they feel like they cannot i mean fortunately um i work for myself and uh i honestly don't care what people think i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say yeah, yeah. and you guys you continue to do the same thing because enough people stand up like you it, it, it can turn the tide and uh, you guys are to be commended for it yeah and just remember when they start calling you names it's because they've lost the debate they can't find anything else to say so they start screaming louder you know it's like the attorney as he's uh, doing his closing argument and knows he doesn't have a very good case he writes in his notes, scream louder, weak point. Uh, so you all just keep doing what you're doing. We're proud of you, and uh, you're, you're, a, uh, you're a credit to the conservative cause. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a time out, but we're going to play political trivia when we get back. So give us a call, 561-8255. Got a great question, a good prize package. Give us a call right now. The lines are open, 252-561-8255. Political trivia when we get back. All right, welcome back in. Time for a little uh, political trivia on News and Views. Your category today, Woodrow Wilson. We have some uh, lines open. You want to give us a call, 561-8255. Good prize package. Includes a gift certificate to the Ironwood Country Club. Play a little golf out there. Also, a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno in Havelock or El Mexicano in Newport for lunch or dinner. Great food. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions. Also, a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. 561-8255 is the call-in number if you want to play. Your category, Woodrow Wilson. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up, from Greenville, we have Mitch on the line. Hey, Mitch. Hello, Mitch. Hello, guys. How you doing? We're doing well. You ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Woodrow Wilson's your category. Woodrow Wilson was the 28th U.S. president serving in office from 1913 to 1921. Wilson held an honor and a distinctive that no other president can claim. What was this distinctive? He's the only Uh, one. Well, as far as I'm concerned, uh, his father was in the Confederate Army. (laughs) I don't think he's the only one that would... uh, But uh, that, that is, as progressive as he is, that you're right on that. But that's not what we're looking for. And I don't think he's the only one. Oh, okay. Well, I tried. All right. Good guess. Thanks <laughs> good for guess, playing. Mitch. 561-8255. That opens up a line. So uh, Woodrow Wilson, 28th president and a rather progressive president. If you go up to Washington, D.C. and you cross into uh, Maryland, then uh, you're going to cross the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. So, uh, what do you think? What was the distinctive that he had that no other president could claim? Five six one eight two five five. We are on the air, right? <laughs> They're yeah. usually we're usually inundated. Yeah, we, uh, They're we, trickling in today. We usually have the uh, the usual suspects calling in on 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 trivia Thursday. Five six one eight two five five. Woodrow Wilson, your category. So, is it time for a hint? Are we are we that far behind on? Uh, well, in the question, I, I hear them in there murmuring. Um, you know, I will say this as a hint. All right, David from Atlantic, Atlantic Beach, I assume. Hey, David. Hey, David. Good evening. 
Is that Atlantic down by uh, sea level? Yeah, that's correct. All there right. Well, okay. welcome in, David. So, Woodrow Wilson, 28th U.S. President, serving from 1913 to 1921. He held an honor and a distinctive that no other president can claim. What was his distinctive? And a little hint for you, perhaps this is why he was so progressive, very liberal. What do you think? The first president to pay income tax. Uh, first president to pay income tax. Uh, no, well, that's not it. And this is not, he was not only a first in, in this question is not only a first, but he is the only one that's ever held this distinctive, first or last. Only one that's ever held this distinctive. Good guess, not it. 561-8255, that opens up a line. Woodrow Wilson, 28th president. He's the only president to hold this distinctive. And perhaps this is why he's so uh, progressive. Ted from Elizabeth City. Hey, Ted. Hey, Ted. <laughs> it, it, it's Ed, but Ted's good. Oh, Ed. Hey, Ed. Say again? He's a preacher. Uh, he is not. He was not a preacher. He was not a preacher. Oh, okay. you know, who was, who, there, was one, there was one that was a preacher, but uh, it wasn't him. But that was a good guess. Okay. 561-8255. Um, so is he saying uh, preachers are progressive? <laughs> well, this day and age, uh, there That's are some. True. <laughs> Let's go to Janie in Greenville. Hey, Janie. Hey, Jamie. Hey, is it, how you doing? Is it Jamie or Janie? It's Jamie with an M. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, Jamie. So what do you think? Um, He earned a PhD. There you, you go. You got it. Congratulations. You hit it out of the park. He he was the only president. Now, a couple of them were given honorary PhDs, but Woodrow mm -hmm. Wilson was the only president yeah. to earn a PhD, and he did it up at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And it was a PhD in uh, an earned doctrine, a doctor, doctorate, in political science so did you know that or did you uh did you do a quick google or is, uh, are you a genius i did not google um you are a household. genius <laughs> good <laughs> job i didn't know it myself but they told me uh, well you got you got a smart family right there you go all right jamie <laughs> hey, listen hang on the line and uh chris is going to get all your information we'll get you uh all those gift certificates in the mail right away congratulations and thanks for everybody who called and played and uh benny and i'll be right back Not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, she, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um... Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news go, on 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Congratulations to Jamie Vick. She knew it. Woodrow Wilson, the only U.S. president to earn a doctorate, Ph.D. in political science from Johns Hopkins. Bugs Bunny would have been one of the few people that would have addressed Woodrow Wilson correctly. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Uh, yeah, he he had some. Uh, he was pretty progressive. Pretty though. progressive. He established the League of Nations, which you know probably was a forerunner of the United Nations. Exactly. No, and no. of course, he had a lot of stuff going on. World War One, uh, Spanish flu. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of things going on. You know, you know, it's interesting. He had a Ph.D., but uh, go back and read some history on the guy. When his wife met him, he was basically illiterate hmm. at 17 years old. And she taught him to read and write. Must have been a pretty good teacher. She, he went on to get his uh, Ph.D. And at one point, he was at Princeton University. I think he either taught or was in administration at the University of Virginia as well. 
uh, all that academia, and he is, for his time and day, he's really the father of progressivism. I mean, he, he was really liberal. And awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1919. There you go. But, you know, I think they tossed that around back then like they did to Obama in 2008 or whatever. <laughs> so one of my favorite people in Washington, D.C., there's not many of them, but Senator John Kennedy – Rather ironic that you had John Kennedy, JFK, and now you have Senator John Kennedy, who is very, very conservative. Although JFK looks pretty conservative by today's standards. <laughs> JFK would, would be uh, ousted from the Democrat Party oh, yeah. today. Big time. <laughs> so a bunch of Biden judicial nominees came before the Senate committee, and John Kennedy was asking them all questions. At one point, John Kennedy is addressing um charnel julkengrit julkengren strange name i know julkengren is how you pronounce it uh she's out of the state of washington she was nominated by biden to serve on the u.s court um district court for the eastern district of washington so during our confirmation hearing before the senate judiciary committee kennedy asked some pretty basic questions now if you don't know the answer to these questions don't feel bad i'll tell you what they were or, or, or what they are but listen, if you're running to be a federal judge, these are pretty basic questions. This is uh, this is the give and take between John Kennedy and this nominee from Joe Biden. Cut one. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and congratulations to all of you. Judge, on the far end, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts yes, presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. So, again, people pull my hair and say, well, I wouldn't know the answer to this question. You're not running. You're, you're not the nominee by President Biden to be the judge. I mean, did they, did they not even go through a one-on-one -on -one primer uh, before she went up before? Guys like uh, John Kennedy. Article 5 of the Constitution, and there's a reason why he asked about these three things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Article 5 of the Constitution concerns the amendments process. Article 2 concerns executive power of the president. Proposivism is a philosophy of interpreting law that emphasizes the law's purpose, advocating for judges to enforce the spirit of the law when it contradicts the text of the law. So in other words, it's, 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 it's loosey-goosey. Mm -hmm. You can decide what the law means as it, as it fits your narrative. But listen, the, the, the Article 5 and the Article 2 have been totally abused. Article 5 on amendments has been kicked in the gut by people like Chucky e. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. And my gosh, Article 2, the, the executive powers, has been totally abused by Joe Biden and by Barack Obama 
And so there was a reason why he was asking about those questions. By the way, he also went on, I think there was like six or seven people in front of this, this uh, uh, judiciary committee. He asked <clears throat> others, what was originalism? Could you give me a definition of originalism? Now, one individual did come up with a pretty good definition, pretty accurate definition. The rest of them are sort of floundering on it. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is amazing that when you think about the, the stellar job that the nominees that Donald Trump put before the Judiciary Committee, mm -hmm. even though, and the Supreme Court nominees. But I think uh, Amy Comey Barrett. Oh, yeah. When she sat there and was drilled for days with, with nothing in front of her but a cup no of notes. coffee and, or whatever, no water. Yeah. Uh, if you talk about an embarrassment, this was an embarrassment. And, you know, this is like, this is, I'm not an attorney, but, you know, my briefcase over there, I have a constant pocket constitution that I carry with me all the time. You, would you not think at least you say, well, you know what, I've got my pocket constitution with me because it's so important. Let me, let me flip through it and look that up. But I would guess this would be like first week or two of constitutional law you in think? law school. I would think. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Mm. CNN host Don Lemon criticized Florida after the state took measures to prevent a historical course about black history from being taught in the school system. Florida prevented an AP African-American course from being implemented because it included topics such as black queer history. Is there such a thing as black queer history? I mean, what an insult to blacks across the United States that he's upset that black queer history isn't being taught during black history much. Mm. I mean, it, do you have mm. to go that low? Is there not enough uh, people out there that have made up black history that are worth admiring that you got to dig down that deep? Well, there's a reason that our students are graduating high school and college, and we don't show up on the first page worldwide of math and science yep. i mean we it for stuff like this nonsense yeah. like this hey listen uh we are not going to be on tomorrow we will be back monday and uh hang in there have a great weekend we'll see you monday at five bye bye everybody <laughs>